0: We're well, turning your Bibles to Matthew chapter one. We're beginning this morning a study of the life of Christ as seen through the eyes of Matthew. Now, I think it's very important that we we keep looking at our Savior Jesus Christ. See, Christianity stands or falls with Jesus. As we look at God's word, we realize that Jesus is not only the creator of the world, but he's the Redeemer as well. He indeed is the greatest person who's ever lived. He's the greatest person who ever walked on this earth, not just because of his work. Because when we think of his work, we think of him as the Savior, as how he died on the cross and paid for sin and rose again. But because of his person, of who he is. He is the Almighty God, the Prince of Peace, the King of Kings, the Creator, and the Sustainer of all things. My prayer is this, that as we begin this study, that we're going we're gonna to see Jesus maybe even more clearly than we've ever seen him before. Because we we read it, you know, we read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We talk about Jesus. The letters all deal with Jesus. I mean, it's just, uh, we look at the Old Testament, and it, it talks about the coming Messiah. But we want to see him. And Matthew's going to present him in a certain way. Matthew's going to show us. Jesus as the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the King of the Jews. And as uh, we go through this, we'll take time. We're going to go, there'll be some passages we go slower than others. Now, most of it's narrative, as you know, because this is the, the gospel, and, and we're going to, the gospels, and we'll see how it fits together. This morning, we're just going to get an introduction. And we're going to look at the life of Christ th- and through the gospel of Matthew. And our goal, of course, is to know our Savior. In fact, here's what I want us to think about. I want us to think about to know, to know his power and his love And his grace. We want to know Jesus as we realize his power. His power to create. His power to conquer death. His power to die and to rise again and and do all that. His power is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We want to know his power. But we want to know his love as well. His love to feed the multitudes. The love to look at them as seeing the people as sheep without a shepherd. His love to have compassion for the lost and dying world. Is love enough to die for us and to pay for our sins and rise again? And finally, we want to know Jesus as we see his grace. The grace of God that brings salvation, we saw last week, for by grace you have been saved through faith. The grace of God that offers eternal life as a gift based simply on faith. So as we look at Matthew, we're going to, at the Gospel of Matthew, we see Jesus of Nazareth, the Messiah, the Redeemer, the Savior, and the King. And we think about the fact that he's the king, then we are servants of the king. And we want our lives to count for Jesus Christ. And one day when he rules on this earth as the king of kings and the Lord of lords, we want to be ruling with him. And we'll talk more about the idea of ruling with him as we go through our study. You know, how we view things makes a difference. And you can look at somebody or something and you can see it one way and somebody else sees it another way. Let's think, about, let's think about people for a second. Let's just think of President Trump. Some people see him as the president of the United States. Some people see him as a father. Some people see him as a husband. Some people say, he's the best president we've had in years. Some people say, he's the worst president we've had in years. Some people say, when he went to North Korea, that was great. Some people say, when he went to North Korea, that was bad. Some people say, when he met with Putin, that was really good. Some people say, when he met with Putin, that was really bad. Just different ways to look at a person. Now, think about Jean, my wife. Different ways, different ways to look. There's a person named Barbara, who's her twin sister, and when she sees Jesus, I mean, sees Jean, she thinks of a companion, one born at the same time, went to Africa together, did all kind of things. When I see her, I see her differently than that. I see her as the person that I love, that I've committed to for the rest of my life, uh, and and uh, I, I don't want to live without her. Some of you, you see her as a friend, somebody in the church that you know. Some of you see her as the pastor's wife. That's your view of her. She's the pastor's wife. My daughters, Catherine and Sarah, see her as a mama and a friend. And so when we look at people, we see them differently. Everybody looks at somebody and says, well, he's my friend. Well, he's my brother or he's my this. The same is true for Jesus. Jesus has seen him in many different ways. To some, Jesus was a rabbi who lived in the first century, who had a following, who was a teacher, and a religion came after him, developed from him. That's how some people see him. Some people say that Jesus, they see him as a good man. He was a good man and a good teacher and maybe an example that we should follow. Some people say, well, no, he he was a liar and a troublemaker because he claimed to be God and the Messiah of Israel, but he was rejected and killed. And then some say, no, 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 he he, was a carpenter from Nazareth. But most of us, when we see him, we see him as Josh McDowell in his book entitled More Than a Carpenter. We see him as more than a good man and more than a great teacher. We see him as the Son of God. We see him as the Savior of the world. We see him as the one who left the glories of heaven to come to this earth to become a human being so he could die for us, pay for our sins, and rise again. We see him as the King of the Jews, the King of kings and Lord of lords. We see him as God in the flesh, as John says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. He created the earth that he walked on. He redeemed the people that he loved. And one day, he will rule as the king of kings and the Lord of lords. As we begin to study this morning, we want to see Jesus through the eyes of Matthew. Now, be real careful when we start talking about gospels because people say, gospels, that's the life of Christ. No, no, it's not the life of Christ. It's selected events of the life of Christ. Our focus in the weeks to come will be the Gospel of Matthew. as Matthew was one of the cho- 12 chosen by Jesus. He was with Jesus for about three, three and a half years. We want to see what what he says about Jesus Christ. The book, of course is the first book written in the New Testament. I remember I, I trusted Christ, and somebody gave me a Bible, and of course I started with, you know, you start the first, first of a book. Somebody told me there was an old part and a new part, so I started with the old part, and I went Genesis and read that, and Exodus and read that, and then Leviticus got slowed down, so I decided to go to the new part, which was Matthew. And, and so I started reading Matthew, and, that, and, and uh, that was the first book I ever read. 28 chapters showing Jesus as the king. In our study in the weeks to come, we're going to go verse by verse, passage by passage. It's going to take us a while, as you know, right? Because I talk so slow, it's going to take us a little while to go through this. Matthew shows Jesus Christ as the King of kings, the King of the Jews, the Messiah, and the Savior. Let's talk about how it fits together for a second. When you think about the New Testament, there are three parts to the New Testament. There's the history section. A lot of people just say the Gospels, but the history section is really the Gospels and the book of Acts, and that gives us history. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts, and, and, and Acts gives us the first 30 years of the church. So there's a history section of your Bible, which is the first five books of the New Testament. And then there's the letters, and that's Paul's letters and Peter's letters and John's and Jude and. James and then a guy who wrote Hebrews, which we don't know who wrote that, but those are letters and they're teaching and encouragement and instruction. And there are a lot of great letters. We just finished Second Thessalonians. We looked at First Thessalonians. It's just just full of stuff. And then the last section of the New Testament is what we call the prophecy. And that's the book of the Revelation. It's Revelation. It gives us the future events. It talks about the return of Christ. And we spent a good bit looking at that when we studied the gospel, um, when we studied the book of Daniel because they go together. And so when we think about the gospel of Matthew, it fits in the historical section, the history section, because it deals with the life of Christ. As I said a while ago, selected events. And when you think about the gospels, there are four of them, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Now, this is not new for any of us, but think about it, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And when we say gospels, it's a little confusing sometimes, because sometimes you might say to somebody, what do you think the gospel is? And they'll say, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And what you're actually saying is, no, no, I'm talking about the gospel message that's found in 1 Corinthians 15. And see, the word gospel is Evangelion. And it means good news. We get evangelized or evangelion from it. That's how it, the literal translation. And so there is a good news about Jesus. Matthew gives us a good news about Jesus. Mark gives us a good news. Luke gives us a good news. John gives us a good news. And then there is the gospel, which is the good news message, which is the death and resurrection of Christ, and, of course, faith in him. And then, I don't know if you realize that, but there's a gospel of the kingdom, which is found in Matthew. There is the everlasting gospel, which is found in the book of Revelation. So when you say the word gospel, it could mean a number of things. It means good news, but you've got to look at it and see good news about what? What does it fit? And so we're looking at the gospel according to Matthew. There are four books dealing with this good news. Now, why are there four gospels? And most of you know this story. I had never gone to church, but once when I was six and once when I was 12, I trusted Christ as my Savior. My good friend, his name was Ray Bridges, gave me a Bible. It was one a little bitty Bible. It had K-L-U in the front of it. And I said, what does that mean? He said, it means keep looking up because Jesus could come at any second. And so I had this little Bible. And, of course, I, it, I all I had was it was a New Testament, so I, I read Matthew, and I, I liked it. You know, and then I read Mark, and I liked it, and I read Luke, and I liked read, But you know what I said to myself? I said, these books are very, very similar. I mean, Matthew and Mark and Luke are really almost alike, or they seem like they are. And then John's a little bit different. But So I went to my friend, Ray, and I said, hey, Ray, I, I, you know, I just read those first four books, and they're pretty much the same. Why do you think there's four books? And he said, uh, he didn't know, of course, and he went, uh, God didn't want you to miss it. So he did it four times so you would get it. Well... That I went well. Sounds good to me because how would I know? I didn't know anything. But it, that's not really it. The truth is this: that each gospel gives us a different view of Christ. They really do. We find that in the four accounts, they all present Jesus Christ in a little bit different way. And when we're looking at Matthew, in which we, you know all the songs match this today, Matthew presents Jesus Christ as the King. The king of the Jews, the king of, the king, king of kings, the king of the world. Uh, he's a descendant of David who's going to sit on the throne of Israel and rule the world, the one who fulfills the prophecies. When we looked at the book of Daniel, do you remember at the very end of that big statue, this mountain came and this mountain came that was a kingdom that would rule the world? That kingdom is Jesus Christ as the king of kings and lord of lords. So let's think about the Bible for a second because there's a plan. We know the story of the Bible is how the perfect God brings sinful man back to himself using his son, Jesus Christ. Now, you can get all complicated and everything else, but the bottom line, the story of the Bible is how God, perfect God, takes fallen man and brings us back to himself because we're the ones that moved away, we're the ones that sinned, we're the one like sheep have gone astray. He brings us back to himself using his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus came and died on the cross and paid for sin and rose again. Whoever believes in him will never perish but have everlasting life. Now, what we find, this Messiah Jesus, this Savior Jesus, this King Jesus, in the Old Testament, it talks about him. In fact, the Old Testament is a foreshadow of the coming Messiah. It goes all the way back to Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. You remember when Adam and Eve sinned? They they fell short. They sinned. They did what God told them not to do. Don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They ate. They sinned. They ran off and hid. It was just terrible. Jesus came. And, of course, then he said to them, I've got a plan. And he said to Satan, who was right there, he said, the seed of woman will crush the head of the serpent. And the seed of woman is the Messiah, is the Savior. So all the way back to Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, God actually says, I've got a Savior coming. And that promise was the seed of woman who eventually would come and crush Satan and gain the victory and be the king of the world. Because you understand that Adam and Eve, Adam was supposed to be the king of the world. And when they sinned, they lost it to to Satan. Satan is the king of the world. He's the king of the world now, by the way. He's called the prince of the power of the age. He's the god of this age. God allows that one of these days. And it's all over with. Jesus will rule as the king of the world. And so as you think about the Bible and how it all fits, you remember that from Adam and Eve it went, the message was given to Noah, and then Abraham was chosen by God, that through Abraham would come the Messiah. That's Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. So Abraham had a son named Isaac. The same promise was given to Isaac. Isaac had a son named Jacob. Same promise was given to Jacob. Jacob had 12 sons, and one of them was named Judah. And Judah was promised that through Judah, the Messiah and the king would come. And then there was a man named David, who was a descendant of Judah, who became the king of Israel and God promised him in 2 Samuel chapter 7 verses 12 through 17 that David you will have a son that will sit on the throne of Israel forever that's the Messiah there's a promise to David that his greater son would be the Messiah and then of course Daniel writes about him when he sees the visions and the dreams John the Baptist is the one that goes before Jesus and as Jesus walks by John says there's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world and so it takes us all the way up to Jesus the Messiah that's who he is and the king and the savior. He is the seed of woman. He is the seed of Abraham, the descendant of Isaac and Jacob and Judah and the greater son of David, and he is the savior of the world and the king. Now, what you find, and this is what makes the Bible so fun, is when you start studying that and you dig the Old Testament, what you find is there are four views of the Messiah in the Old Testament. You go, really? Yeah, four views. The Messiah is seen to be a king who's going to come and rule Israel. You go back in the Old Testament and it talks about the coming king who will rule. But the the Old Testament also says this, this Messiah is going to be a servant of God, a servant of Jehovah who's come to do the will of God. And then you've also seen that this Messiah is going to be a human being. He's going to be actually born. And then it says this Messiah is going to be God who is from everlasting to everlasting. Now, when the Jewish people studied that, they had a hard time with that. They would say, how can he be a king and a servant at the same time? How can he be man and God at the same time? How does all this fit? And they they had trouble fitting it together. I want you to see this. And uh, he's a king. Zechariah nine nine says the king will ride into Jerusalem on a donkey. That's how you're going to know he's the king. Psalms 2 says when he comes as king, he will rule in righteousness and justice. So the Old Testament says the Messiah is the king. But the Old Testament also says the Messiah is a servant. Isaiah 42, chapter 42 and 53. There are also five other passages in Isaiah that are called servant passages, which you find this Messiah coming to do the will of the Father, to lay down his life and to pay for sin. And then you find that he's a man. In Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, it says this virgin will have a child, a son, a virgin. The the Hebrew word in in Isaiah 7 is Alma. It means a, a, a woman who's never had sexual relations. She's going to have a son. And then the Old Testament said he's going to be God, Isaiah 9, 6. I want to read something to you, just... You just stay right there. I'm going to turn over to Isaiah for a second. If if I can find it. But um, Isaiah chapter 9. Listen to this. Because in Isaiah 9, 6 and 7, you see all four of them. You see the man, God, the king, and the servant. Listen to what it says. For a child will be born to us, and a son will be given to us. That's the man government will be on his shoulders. His name will be Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. He's God. There will be no no end to the increase of his government. And on the throne of David and over his kingdom, he will establish it and uphold it. He's the king. And then it says, and he will accomplish the zeal of the Lord. He is the servant. So in Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, you see all four that he's going to be a man, he's going to be God, he's going to be a king, he's going to be a servant. Now in Matthew, and I'm going to turn back to Matthew, in Matthew we see some, some incredible things. In fact, as you look in the New Testament, here's what you see. Matthew shows Jesus to be the king. Mark shows Jesus to be the servant. Luke shows Jesus to be the man. And John shows Jesus to be God. Now, I want you to understand this. The four views in the Old Testament of the Messiah is that he's a king, and that he's a servant, that he's a man, and that he's God. And why are there four Gospels? It's not because God didn't want you to miss it. It's because each of those Gospels presents the Messiah, Jesus, as he was portrayed in the Old Testament. Matthew, we're going to see, as we study this book, he shows him to be the king. Mark shows him to be the servant. Luke shows him to be the man. Where do you find the Christmas story? Where do you find the birth of Jesus Christ? What book? Where do you find all the stories about him being a little boy? Where do you find that? you find that in the Gospel of Luke, because Luke shows him as a man. The Gospel of John shows him to be God. How does the Gospel of John begin? In the beginning when the word when the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That's how it starts. We're going to see how Matthew starts in just a minute. And it's going to show us that Jesus is the king. So it's the most amazing thing. So the next time somebody asks you about these four books, these gospels, you can tell them. Matthew shows Jesus to be the king, and Mark shows Jesus to be the servant, and Luke shows Jesus to be a man, and John shows Jesus to be God. The four views from the Old Testament. Now, our focus is on Matthew, so I want you to realize this, that in this book, he's going to be born king of the Jews, he's going to die king of the Jews, he's going to have a lineage of Abraham and David as the king of the Jews, he's going to be called the son of David, which is the king of the Jews, and in Zechariah 9.9, he's going to be quoted as he enters Jerusalem, just like the Old Testament said. Incredible study, incredible study. In our study of Matthew, we will see Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Savior of the world, coming as the King of the Jews. Now, of course, as you think about the book, we've given you a little card. It's got information on one side. It tells you like the author and the date and those kind of things, and some key things. On the other side, there's an outline. But let me remind you, this was written by a guy by the name of Levi Matthew. Levi. A lot of those. A lot in those times, people had dual names. Simon Peter. Okay. This is Levi Matthew, and he was a tax collector. The date we think was between fifty and seventy A.D. In other words, before the destruction of the temple. And I want you to look. At verse 1, look how this book starts. Remember, the book is presenting Jesus Christ as the King of the Jews. Look how it starts. The very beginning of the Gospel of Matthew says, verse 1, The record of the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of David, the Son of Abraham. Now, let's just be honest. When every time you see the word genealogy, you like to skip to the next page, right? Because genealogy is a list of names, who begot who and all that. Most of the time we go, I don't really want to know all that. and but But it's very important. Could I claim to be the king of the Jews? What if I said, hey, I am the king of the Jews? You know what they'd say to me? Well, first of all, you're not Jewish. You're not from Abraham. And second is you're not from King David because the king of the Jews has to be Jewish from King David. And so I'd say, well, you're right. I'm not him, right? Okay. Look how this book starts. The record of the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah, the son of who? David. The son of who? Abraham. He begins by showing us the lineage, that if you're going to be a Jew, if you're going to be a, a Jewish king, you've got to be a Jew. You've got to be from Abraham. And if you're going to be the king, you've got to be from David. That's why the book begins with the genealogy of Jesus Christ because he's proving at the very beginning Jesus is the descendant of David and of Abraham who is the king of the Jews and the king of kings and the Lord of lords. That's how he starts. If you're going to be king of the Jews, you've got to be a descendant of Abraham and you've got to be a descendant of David. And Matthew starts the book that way. And when you think about Jesus, we all know that, uh, that, that uh, he's the king, the Messiah, the Savior. He's everything. Matthew is amazing because he gives us over 120 quotations and references to the Old Testament. 120. So as we go through the book, it'll say, which was written by the prophet, and it'll tell us those kind of things. Let me give you a brief summary of the book. You want to know what it is? Jesus is born, comes into the world, king of the Jews, Offers himself as king of the Jews. Jews reject him. When they reject him, they crucify him. He dies, comes back from the dead, and then tells them to go out and proclaim the message and that he'll come back at another time and be king. That's the story. So... I guess we could not go all these weeks to go through it, but that's really the story of it right there. When you look at the book, it's amazing. I want to show you something that you may have never seen. There's a short outline and a long outline. The long outline is on the back of this. I want to show you something that you've never seen. The short outline is based on the words from that time. First of all, the book starts with the introduction in chapter 1, going through chapter 4, verse 16. What we see in that, it says genealogy, the birth, the wise men, Egypt, the beginning of the ministry of John the Baptist, and all of the, the temptations, all of those things. If you would turn with me to chapter 4 and look at verse 17. How does that verse start? What does it say? What? From that Time. Does that know what it says? It says, from that time, Jesus began to preach. Well, that's a change in the book. The first part of the book has been an introduction. From this time, he's going to proclaim the kingdom. Starting in chapter 4, verse 17, all the way to chapter 16, verse 20, he's going to proclaim the kingdom. He's going to give the Sermon on the Mount. He's going to do miracles. He's going to announce his message. He's going to talk, show his power. He's going to be in Galilee. He's going to have disciples. He's going to have all his ministry and all of that until... And if you look, if you would turn to chapter 16, turn to chapter 16, and look at verse 21. And as you turn to verse 21, how does it verse start? Does anybody know? It starts with what? From that time. And he's gonna say, from that time, he's gonna show his suffering and death. So I want you to understand something. The first about four chapters of the introduction, chapter four through about sixteen, he does his ministry. Chapter 16 to the end of the book, he's on his way to die as the king of kings and the Lord of lords and the Messiah. Notice what happened. He announces his death. He is rejected. There's conflict. He's arrested. He's crucified. He rises and he gives the great commission. That's the short outline. The long outline, a longer outline, is on the back of this. If you've got your little card, on one side, of course, it talks about Matthew's the author and gives you key verses and everything. On the back, You see uh, sort of an outline, and and it it basically breaks it into seven or eight different things. If you want to, be sure, and just keep, you can keep that in your Bible, because as we go through it, you'll see the background of the king, the platform of the king, the power of the king, the program of the king, the rejection of the king, and on and on and on. So it'll help you as you study. I think it'd be a great idea that you'll, you'll know about where we are as we go through the book, what chapters we are. It'd be a great idea to study it on your own to read it, to read the passages, read the stories, read how it fits and see how you see all of this fitting together because it's just fantastic. Now, there are two passages that you have to see, that you have to see. Oh, I wanted to do this. I just wanted to say this. When we think about the gospel of Matthew, just realize that there are two comings of Christ, the first coming to die and the second coming to reign. And in the gospel of Matthew, we see him coming, and he offers himself as king, and he is rejected, and he dies on the cross, pays for sin, rises again, sends back to heaven. The next time he comes to the earth, Now, this is in the clouds, so that's a different thing. This is to the earth. The next time he comes to the earth, he comes as the king of kings and the lord of lords and rules and righteousness and justice. There are two key passages I want you to say, and I'm going to go very quickly through this so we can be through. One is in Matthew 16. Turn there with me. and In fact, you may already be there if you turned there a while ago. You're in Matthew 16. This is a passage that is key. Jesus is in Caesarea Philippi, and he turns to the guys, and he says, Who do the people say that I am? And they say, well, some people think you're like John the Baptist who came back from the dead, and some people think you're one of the prophets. Somebody thinks you're Jeremiah. Somebody thinks you're all this. He said, but who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. I want you to look at verse 18. Jesus said, I say to you that you're Peter, and upon this rock I will build my what? My church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. I'll give you the keys of the kingdom. So as we look at that passage, and we'll get to it eventually, What does he mean that Peter has the keys to the kingdom? What what does it mean? What is the rock? And one of the great truths is notice that the church is in the future from this. He says, I will build my church. And there is a distinction between the nation of Israel and that kingdom aspect and the church, which is the body of Christ. So I want you to see that there's one other passage I want you to look at, which is very, very famous, and that's at the very end of the book, which we all know. If you just flip over to the very end, Matthew 28, 18 through 20, it's the Great Commission. This applies to all of us. You may be surprised. I'm going to tell you something that you may have never seen. When you go through the Gospel of Matthew, almost everything in there is presented to the Jews. He says, go to the Jews, go to the Jews. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. He has offered himself as the king to Israel. There are some places in there he actually says, do not go to the Gentiles. You remember that? At the end of the book, after he dies and rises again, he then says, go to every." Nation, Because he offered himself as king of the Jews, they rejected him, now it's the church, it's our job, and one of these days he's coming back. So we'll see that as we go through it. It's so much in this book. Uh, The only place in the New Testament the word kingdom of heaven is found, it's found in the Gospel of Matthew, it's found 33 times. The kingdom of heaven is when Jesus comes to the earth and rules in Righteousness. That's the emphasis of the book. There are three other places I just want to remind you of very quickly. There are three sections which are very hard, and it's going to take us a while to look at them as we go through them. It's Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. Everybody knows the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the poor, blessed are the meek, blessed are this, do this. There's a whole bunch of things there. How does it apply in our lives? Because there's a part that says if a guy hits you on the face, let him hit you on the other side of the face. You want to do that? Is that... For us now, is it, what are we supposed to do with that? Well, that's Sermon on the Mount. We'll see it. Then there's chapter 13, which is called the Mystery Parables. And he gives about 10 parables about the future. And it's more of the time in between his first coming and second coming. And then one of my favorite places is Matthew chapter 24 and 25, which is called the Olivet Discourse, in which Jesus Christ tells about the tribulation. And just because of time, we won't go there, but they ask him a question. He, they come out of the temple, and they tell Jesus, and they say, look how beautiful that temple is. And Jesus says, uh, yeah, it's beautiful, but it'll be completely torn down. And they couldn't believe it. And so they went to the Mount of Olives, and they came over privately and said, tell us, what are you talking about? What will be the sign of your coming? What will be the end of the time? What will be all this? And Jesus, in Matthew 24 and 25 tells the whole future of what we call the tribulation time period and all of those things in his second coming. So this book has so much in it. Here's the question. If Jesus Christ came to the Jews and offered himself as the Messiah and the Savior and the King, why didn't they believe in him? They should know of... Of all people in the world, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Judah, David, Daniel, John, every out of all the people in the world, who should have recognized the Messiah and the King, Jesus Christ? They should have. Why didn't they? Well, some say that they were looking for a Savior, but they were looking for a Savior to defeat the Romans, not necessarily die. And maybe they missed him. There were a lot of Jewish people who believed in Jesus Christ, but as a nation, they did not. We'll see how all that fits together. So, as we begin, Old Testament shows the views of the Messiah. The New Testament Gospels present that. Matthew shows him to be the King, the King of Kings, and the Lord of Lords. So let me give you some quick applications. And that is this. Let's see Jesus as the King of Kings. That's who he is. As we study the Gospel of Matthew, he is the King and the Messiah. And one of these days he's going to rule in righteousness and justice. And one of these days all of us who know Christ as Savior will be with him in the kingdom. Now let me say something in a funny way that you may, most of you know this, some of you will rule with Jesus Christ and some will not all of us who know Jesus Christ as Savior will be in the kingdom but we may not rule with him in the kingdom to rule in the kingdom is a person that Jesus says well done what good and faithful servant if you're a good and faithful servant if you've lived for Jesus Christ if you've served him if you've served the king you'll get to serve the king in the kingdom and so what we want to do is we want to serve him we want to be faithful now second let's trust the word of God because it's always true and accurate in all of the prophecies and all the promises. There's over 120 predictions, over 120 prophecies, all about the first coming, the second coming, the tribulation, all of those things. So let's understand that God's word is true. Let's trust it and let's dig it. And then finally, let's fulfill that great commission because that's the way the book ends. He says, take, you know, go to the nation. And, and make disciples. And that's the key, make disciples. And making disciples involves two things, proclaiming the salvation message and training others. So we want to do that. So I hope and pray that you're going to love this. I love it. I, I'm so excited. I can't believe that we're getting to go through it. It's so fun. The gospel, man, it's going to take a while. So jump in, hang on, start studying. In fact, there's 28 chapters, so start reading it. If you read a couple of chapters a day, just think about that. It, you'd be able to put the book together, and you begin to see how it flows. And, and there'll be places in there you'll go, I, have no, I don't know what that means. Write it down. Write it down. Ask me questions. Send me stuff, because we're going to be digging through this. It is going to be so fun.